Turn with me now in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're nearing the end of our series. In fact, next Sunday actually concludes our series. And we have, this series has been called Experiencing God. It's Experiencing God. I hope you have you have been enjoying this series as much as I have because we've been focusing on the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians, especially chapter 5, where he mentions the fruit of the Spirit. And in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, he lists like nine fruit of the Spirit. And we've been focusing on that all this fall. Now, next Sunday, we're going to wrap up our series on the fruit of the Spirit by talking about self-control. And I just want to kind of prime the pump a little bit right here. You don't want to miss next Sunday uh, because we're going to be talking about how to have crucial conversations, how to talk to that person. It might be your spouse. It might be a coworker. It might be your boss. It might be a next-door neighbor. It might be an extended family member, whoever it is. But we all have in our lives... From time to time, and in fact, more than more than you know, more than just every now and then, where we need to have a crucial conversation, a difficult conversation, where there's an issue, there's a problem, and and, and our tendency is to either avoid it or just lose control and and get angry and start screaming and shouting. And so, rather than avoiding, rather than than screaming and shouting. We, we need to learn how to have proper self-control and talk about the problem. So we're going to be talking about how to have a crucial conversation. That's next Sunday. What I want to do today, though, is kind of take a step back from the fruit of the Spirit. And, and I want us to just briefly summarize where we've been, what we've been talking about. And then I want to spend most of our time focusing on the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the key to all of this. Paul's teaching on the Holy Spirit is, is beautiful and powerful. And if you and I are going to experience God and enjoy emotional health and, and relational health, we've got to learn how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So let's read it. Galatians 5. I want to begin in verse 13. And as you know, if you've been here, I've been reading from different translations because I, each tr translation brings out a different aspect. And so today I want to read from the New Living Translation. Normally I read from the New International Version, but today from the New Living Translation. Listen to it. Galatians 5, beginning in verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. We sang about that today, didn't we? Learning to, to live in freedom because we're children of God comes right out of Galatians 5. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, 
you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. And before we do that, let's talk briefly, just summarizing where we've been and some of the, the high points that we've learned. What we've learned so far is we've learned, haven't we, that change is hard? How many of you agree with me? Change is hard. I mean, it, it, boy, we, we want to change. Paul says, and Paul says it right here in Galatians 5. Although we're believers in Jesus, we're children of God, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have these two forces, we, have, we still have our sinful nature, we have the flesh still struggling against the, the, the Holy Spirit so, so that we're not free to do what we really want to do and, and follow God. And, and we find this to be true. You want to change, but it's hard. You want to lose weight, but it's hard. You want to be a positive, joyful person, but it's hard. You don't want to be negative and depressed or sad or anxious, but man, it's just so easy to fall into that rut. You want to have a great marriage. Every couple that I've ever married, they come down to this altar and they have every intention and they think they're going to be the exception that of all the people who have ever been married, theirs is going to be the greatest and they're the best and they're so in love. And then five years later or sometimes five weeks later, they find out that it's hard. It's hard to have a good marriage. And Paul says, hey, just because you love Jesus, just because you're filled with the Spirit does not mean change is easy. Aren't you glad to know that? Aren't you know, misery loves company, right? Aren't you glad to know that you're not the only one that finds change to be hard? Everybody finds it hard. And we've learned this in this series. Secondly, we've learned that, that spiritual health includes emotional health. When you look at what Paul says about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, so much of what he's saying, especially when you look at it in context, in the whole chapter and even in the whole letter, he, he's really talking about emotional health and relational health. And you notice how several times he mentions now, make sure you don't bite and devour each other. Relational health. See, your emotional life can be healthier, can be happier. You can be more positive and stable. Look. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There's a strong emotional component there, right? So pause right now and reflect on your emotions. What are you feeling, even right now? 
Reflect on this past week. What have been the dominant emotions you have been experiencing through this past week? Think about your relationships. Can you say you have healthy relationships? Healthy emotions? What you need to realize is that your spirituality includes your emotions. And it's so easy and so tempting for those of us in churchianity who've been Christians a long, long time to think, oh, I'm so spiritual. I know how to do church. I know all the lingo. When in fact my emotions are way out of whack. And I'm not addressing the emotional dysfunctions and even the relational dysfunctions. But somehow I trick myself and think I'm spiritual because I believe in Jesus and I have this doctrine right. And I, you know, I whatever. And, and in the meantime, you have this emotional and relational dysfunction going on. So we've been learning that spiritual health includes emotional health. Max Licato writes, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. I love that. God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. So, so what this means is you can say, yes, I'm a child of God and I'm accepted and I'm loved and I'm forgiven. And he loves me just the way I am. But he loves me so much that he refuses to leave me just as I am. So what it means is you and I, we don't have to be defensive. You don't have to say, well, this is just who I am. You, you have to accept me just as I am. Don't tell me that I have this dysfunction. Don't you dare point out any faults that I have. Don't you tell me that I need to change something. Instead, in, instead of being defensive like that, what you say is, hey, I want to change. I know I need to change. I know I need to grow. I know I need to improve. I know I do. So, you see, on the one hand, I know that I'm safe and secure as a child of God. I know I'm loved, forgiven, accepted in Christ. On the other hand, I also know that Jesus wants to give me his Holy Spirit, his very presence, and he wants to empower me and give me the courage and the grace to lean into my stuff, my sin, my faults and my flaws and my hang-ups, and he wants me to address these dysfunctional emotions and dysfunctional relationships, and he wants me to change. He wants me to change. You see, this should be our attitude. The more spiritual we are, the more emotionally healthy we become. And then thirdly, we've also learned that, that Jesus wants us to be peacemakers, not wimps. Remember, we had a whole sermon on this. Sometimes we turn the whole biblical idea of being peacemakers into just being wimps. Because when Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, he's not talking about weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Jesus' people know how to set boundaries. Remember, we had a whole sermon on boundaries. Spirit-filled people know how to say no. Healthy Christians know how to have crucial conversations and lean into the problems and dysfunctions and not tiptoe around and not be so afraid to bring an issue up. No, just because you're a peacemaker does not mean you're a wimp. We 
We also learned, fourthly, being good is better than looking good. Being good is better than looking good. One of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And sometimes in our lives, and we have this tendency as churches to create cultures where, oh man, you know, I have to look good. Because I've been a Christian for 20, 30 years now, and everybody should expect me to have my act together. And so I dare not let them know that I really don't have my act together. And so I have this struggle, I have this sin, I have this issue, but I can't tell anybody. Especially I can't tell those church people. So I try to look good. And I end up playing this hypocritical, religious, superficial game. Listen, following Jesus is about learning how to get real. It's about admitting that you're not that good. It's about drawing on His goodness and His grace and His Spirit. Give up that whole game of trying to look good. And just cry out for the Spirit's goodness to flow through you. So these are some of the highlights of what we've learned. Now the question is, how can we actually pull this off? How how can we actually be set free? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be set free like this? Wouldn't it be wonderful to actually live like this? How can we experience this? Paul makes a big deal about this. He says that we can experience this. And here's how. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit now. Paul says this kind of life can be ours. We can experience God like this, not through rules, but through the Spirit. Not through rules, but through the Spirit. Say that with me. Not through rules, but through the Spirit. The way to this kind of freedom, the way to this kind of health, the way to this kind of life is not through rules, but through the Spirit. Notice notice what he says. He he says in in Galatians 5, verse 4, right before the passage we read, he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. What Paul is saying, when you look at it in context, is that this kind of spiritual health, this kind of emotional and relational health does not come about by you creating a long list of rules and having a a law mentality. In in its original context, Paul is talking primarily to Jewish people who are all hung up on the law of Moses, and they didn't want to give up on the Old Testament law. They just wanted to tack on Jesus and make him one more law in addition to all the other laws that they had. And Paul comes along and says, no, 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 no. It's not about the law. It's not about you trying to check off everything, trying to look good and make God like you and other people be impressed with you. That way ends in death. That way ends in defeat. He says, stop trying to justify yourself that way. It's not about law. It's about grace. It's not about you laying down the law and making the checklist and forcing yourself to obey all these rules. It's about grace. It's about the spirit. It's about trusting in Jesus. That's where the freedom is. This is where the deep change is. Deep change comes in your heart and in my heart when when we realize it's not through rules, it's through the Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 4, he says, because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. You hear that? Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. 
the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic term meaning Daddy. Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. In other words, you have a wonderful inheritance coming as his child. Just pause and reflect on that right now. You are his son. You are his daughter. And God has sent the spirit of his son, Jesus, into your life, into your heart, into your mind. So you see, this is not about you being a slave and trying to follow a bunch of rules to become a better person. This is about you getting a better understanding of who you are in Christ. This is about experiencing the reality that you are a child of God in whom Christ dwells and delights. You live in a firm and unshakable kingdom. And the kingdom of God is never in trouble. You are loved. You're accepted. Paul says in Galatians 5.18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now this really bothered a lot of the Jewish people. And it still bothers a lot of Christian people even today in, in many of our in many churches across the country. Because there, we all have this law mentality about us where, where the, the Jewish people in Paul's day, they were saying, but Paul, you're making us nervous here. All this talk about being filled with the Spirit, just following the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. You're not under law. All this talk about God's grace and God's forgiveness and just have faith in Him. But Paul, what if people start taking advantage of God's grace? Don't we have to throw some law in there, Paul? People need a good dose of the law to keep them behaving. Paul says, no, the law is not the answer. More rules are not the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is his Holy Spirit. It's not about following the rules. It's about experiencing the presence and goodness of God in your life. That's where the deep change comes. That's where the freedom is. Paul says over in 2 Corinthians 3, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. He says in Romans 8 that the creation itself one day when Jesus comes again will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Do, do you understand this? This will transform your life. I'm still trying to get my mind around it, still especially trying to get my heart around it because this is so wonderfully liberating that can transform your life. God offers you not just forgiveness through Jesus, he offers you freedom. And freedom comes through the Holy Spirit. You can be free in your emotional health, your mental health, and you can have healthy relationships by, by opening up more and more and more and more and more to the Holy Spirit and His presence and His leading and His filling in your life and understanding more and more and more and more who you are as a child of God. That's what you and I should be focusing on every day the rest of our lives. Who we are in Christ and how the Spirit can bring deep change 
in our lives. Let me mention two ways that the Holy Spirit sets us free. Two ways. Paul says here in Galatians 5, first of all, he sets us free from the flesh. The Holy Spirit sets us free from the flesh. Just this last Tuesday, my life group met, and we had a great time discussing Galatians 5, and we read from uh, the message paraphrase. And wow, we, you know, we, that, that paraphrase just kind of blew our minds. It brought out some meaning behind the works of the flesh listed in, in verses 19 and 20 and 21. What a list of negative behaviors and negative emotions. And one, one of the words there that's translated sorcery or witchcraft there in Galatians 5.19, one of the works of the flesh and how the Holy Spirit can set us free from these things. The, the Greek word translated sorcery or witchcraft there is pharmakeia. Pharmakeia, where we get our word pharmaceutical. Drugs. In Paul's day, people were into magic, witchcraft, sorcery kind of stuff that involved all kinds of drugs. And I thought, wow, we still have that happening today, don't we? I think of the opioid crisis. I think of the drug crisis and all of this attempted spirituality that people are getting into, well, you know, whatever the kind of rituals and, and even like witchcraft, sorcery stuff, you know, involving drugs. So many people today, this just breaks my heart. So many people today are so emotionally unhealthy, so sad, so, so depressed, so unhappy, struggling with all kinds of negative emotions, even dysfunctional relationships that they're willing to take drugs to escape from what they're feeling. They're slaves. And what horrible slavery to be so just discontent and miserable and unhappy that you've you got to take drugs as an escape. Listen, the Holy Spirit sets us free from these works of the flesh, from the sinful nature the Spirit of Jesus Christ Himself can come and live in you and set you free from these negative emotions that lead you to things like drugs. You don't have to be a slave. You say, but Greg, how does this work out practically in my life? Well, when I experience these negative desires, when I experience these negative emotions, what, what can I do? What, what, what can I do? Well, let me, let me name some things we usually do that doesn't work and then the one thing that we should be doing. Sometimes we fight them. We, we have these negative emotions. Maybe it's you know, just, just sadness or anxiety, whatever it is. And we just try to fight it. We use the law. We say, I'm going to stop feeling this way. I'm going to stop feeling so bad. So I give myself a little pep talk, and I try to punch that bad feeling in the mouth, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a good day, and, and I try to just fight it. And I use the law. I say, you know, Jesus, you know, the law says I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't feel this way, so I'm not going to feel this way. And it usually doesn't work, does it? I feel like a slave trapped in my negative emotion. So sometimes we try to fight it, but sometimes we try to feed it. We, we abuse God's grace. So, well, you know, this is how I feel. This is my negative feeling. This is my desire. So I'm just going to feed it. I'm going to go with it. This must be the real me. If I have this desire, this must be who I am. So I'm going to indulge it. And maybe it's following sexual desires. Maybe it's indulging in bitterness or anger or anxiety or just, just complaining about how well, those people are so evil and, and I'm so righteous and I feed on that and I just get caught up in that cycle. And guess what? I'm enslaved again. 
So we fight it. We feed it. Sometimes we try to flee from our negative emotions. We just try to ignore the feelings. We distract ourselves. We just are so busy doing other things in life. We just try to flee. What we've been learning in this series is that Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit so that we don't have to fight it or feed it or flee from it. We can face it. We can face our negative emotions. Part of our discipleship. So as you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow closer to the Lord. Part of being a disciple of Jesus means that you lean into and face your negative emotions and your negative desires. We face them. We say, Lord, this is part of what prayer is about, where you, where you just say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. This is my desire. And Lord, I understand from your teaching that this is, this is a negative thing. This is not a good thing. I, you don't want me to be experiencing this, but Lord, I am experiencing this. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hostility. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's inappropriate sexual desire. And rather than fighting it or feeding it or fleeing it, you face it. The Holy Spirit helps you get in touch with it and you become more aware. Oftentimes we're, we're hardly aware of what we're really feeling. And the Holy Spirit helps you get in touch with your feelings and, and, and gives you the courage to say, okay, why? Why am I angry? What is it that's driving my selfish ambition? Why do I need to control people? Why do I always have to have the last word? Why am I so sad or so anxious most of the time? The Holy Spirit helps me become more aware, more discerning. And it gets messy. This is why Paul says there's a battle going on here between the desires of the flesh and, and the Holy Spirit. And you don't, you're not really free and you, don't, you can't pull off what you really want to do. It's hard. Remember, it's hard. It's a journey. It's a battle. But as we learn to live not under law, but by the Spirit, as we learn to face our anger, our rage, our anxiety, our fear, our jealousy, our resentment, our sadness, our, our addictions, as we face them and lean into them and cry out to the Holy Spirit and try to gain insight in the context of community and relationship, that's where the freedom is, you see? There's wonderful freedom when you can admit to your Christian friends, maybe in a life group, where you can say things like, you know, when he told me about his success, I felt so jealous and resentful. I did. I know I shouldn't, but I did. Can, can we talk about maybe what's driving that? Why, why do I feel so jealous and resentful when I hear about someone else's success? Could we talk about that? Could you pray with me so and help me find freedom from that? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could say things like, you know, when she pointed out that I did something wrong, I got so angry. I got so defensive. In fact, I'm becoming more aware that I get angry a lot, don't I? Can, can we talk about why I might feel that way and what drives this? Would you pray with me and help me find freedom with this? Or I'm becoming more 
aware of, of how I tend to criticize other people. And I like to brag on myself. I like to put other people down and brag on myself. And In fact, I'm realizing that I, I tend to offend a lot of people. And, and for, for maybe for years, I didn't even realize I was offending so many people. But, but now I'm becoming more aware. Could, could we talk about that? Why I feel the need to do this? And would you pray with me that I could find freedom from this? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that freedom with each other, under God's grace, in the power of the Holy Spirit, to have these kinds of discussions where we face our stuff and we just lean into it? And we find healing and freedom. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this was the basic culture of every church? But you know what the tendency is in most churches, right? I've got to look good. i got to look good. Can't tell them I'm struggling with this. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, that's the law mentality. That's the justification by works mentality rather than by grace. Paul says in Galatians 5, the Holy Spirit can set you free from these fleshly desires, these, these, this, this immorality, this, these negative emotions that drive you. He also says then secondly, and we'll close with this, the Holy Spirit sets us free to love. The Holy Spirit sets us free to love. I, I love Galatians 5, 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I love serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, this, this, is, this was huge in Paul's day. You and I have heard it so often, we kind of go, oh yeah, well. But this, this would have been shocking. The entire law, the whole Old Testament for the Jewish people. But for you and me, all the laws, all the rules, all the things we can think of that go along with churchianity, the, the, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, it's all about love. The entire law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Serve one another humbly in love. In verse 6, Paul says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Wow. Wow. This is Impact Weekend. Many of us are serving in all kinds of ways. So let, let me tell you this, this story from the famous novel, The Brothers Karamazov. A, a wealthy woman comes to this elderly monk, and she asks this monk, how can she know for sure that God really exists? He tells her that no explanation or argument can achieve this, only the practice of active love. She then confesses to him that sometimes she dreams of a life of just loving service to others. She dreams about giving away much of her wealth and serving the poor and making a difference in the world. But then it crosses her mind how some of these people might be ungrateful. They would probably complain that the soup she served wasn't hot enough or the bread wasn't fresh enough or the bed was too hard. And she confesses when she realizes 
that, that people might be that ungrateful. She couldn't handle that. She could not bear such ingratitude. And so her dreams about serving others vanish. And once again, she finds herself wondering if there is a God. To this, the wise monk responds, love in practice is a harsh and dreadful thing compared to love in dreams. Wow. Paul is saying here in Galatians 5 that the Spirit sets you free to love, whether people are grateful or not. The Holy Spirit sets you free to serve. You serve because you love. You love because you have the Spirit of Jesus in you. So as we wrap this up, I want you to get out there and I want you to love on some people today, will you? You cannot argue anybody into the kingdom, but you might be able to love a few people into the kingdom. You can go and serve in the grace of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together.